attention, attention please. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is on the air. Hello and welcome to the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. My name is Christopher Thomason. I'm your host for this and many, many more trips down memory lane. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is a podcast dedicated to collecting the stories, the history, the memories of Camp Ojibwa for Boys in Eagle River, Wisconsin, founded 1928. This week's guests on the podcast, Sandy Rosen and Rachel Rosen Losoff. I told you guys it was going to be a lot of directors leading up to the 50th episode. Here we have two of our co-directors, wife of Dennis and wife of Joel. We had a great time. I hate to apologize ahead of time, but I have to do it. The sound was a real mess with this one. One of the mics went out right at the beginning of the recording. So we had to pull it all from one mic. And it sounds a little rough in places, but it was so good I didn't want to lose the interview. So stick it out. I promise you it's worth it. It's a good time. These guys have a real unique perspective on camp, and we really dug into that. It was awesome. Before we get to the show, a couple of notes. I just spent a night in Chicago this past week. I was there for a very cool meeting about a very cool event coming your way. Not soon, but not far. About a year from now, we had the first meeting for the 90th summer celebration. So go ahead and put that in the back of your mind. There are going to be lots of details coming down this summer. You're going to hear all about it. It's going to be a huge celebration to celebrate the 90th summer of Camp Ojibwa. Fire up. Okay, enough housekeeping. Let's get to the show. Here we go. Sandy Rosen and Rachel Rosen Losoff on the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. for 52 years. However, I did miss uh, 2014, unfortunately, and I did miss uh, 1967 because Rachel was born. Uh, Other than that, I have been there ever since 1964. 64 was your first year. Excellent. And so um, how do you first know about Camp Ojibwa? Did you know about it before you met Denny? I had heard about Camp Ojibwa, but it wasn't something that I ever thought that I'd be spending most of my life there. <laughs> sure, of course. And then... Um, well, where did you grow up? I grew up in East Rogers Park. Okay. And were there guys from that neighborhood who went to camp? Not really. It was just I never had heard about it. Mm. Um, the people I was friendly with, um, my brother never went to camp. But then when I was 12, we moved to Peterson Park. And in that area, there were people that went to Ojibwa, hmm. like 
at my high school, Von Steuben, where Hershey Carroll played basketball. Sure. Um, there were a lot of Ojibwa alum in the neighborhood. But I still hadn't, it, growing up, I, it wasn't on my radar. Gotcha. And you had never gone to a camp. And I had never gone to a camp. Okay. So then how do you come to meet our beloved Dennis Rosen? Well, I actually met him on a double date. I was dating his best friend, uh, Mitchell Krieger, and um, we, had, we had gone out for New Year's, and then I met Denny. And for some crazy reason, I got sick on that date. And Denny, I guess, must have thought that was kind of neat that I got sick on this date, <laughs> which I could never figure out. Hmm. But so then a year later, after I had broken up with um, Mitchell, uh, Denny called me, and we started going out. So that was um, probably 1963. Excellent. And uh, he was already at camp. He had already been spending his summers right. at camp by then. Yeah, he started in 1959. And... Um, it ended up that I, we had gotten engaged at camp. We went up for post-camp the year before we got married, and he had asked me to get married. I think it was in the water, in the shack at camp. And um, so that was how my years of camp started. Very nice. And so that first year when that happened, you knew then that camp was going to be you had a pretty good idea that camp was going to be a part of your life if you decided to join him. For Denny, there was no um, other other place that he wanted to be. It was camp, and that's where I was going to be for a very long time. (laughs) And so um, my love of it didn't start right away. It, It took a while. Sure. Until I would get the strong feelings that I have to this day. Now, um, at that point, was he already teaching as his day job at home? Uh, Yeah. He was actually finishing his master's at Northwestern. Mm. And then um, when we got married, then he started teaching at Grays Lake High School. Gotcha. So we had to move out to Waukegan, which wasn't my favorite place. So we married for two years. Um, so that was the start of the beginning. The beginning of it all. So 1964 comes around, and you guys pack up. You head up to camp for the first time. Uh, what's it like going there? I mean, it, it's one thing to visit, of course. Um, but what's it like now? You're going up for the first time. You know you're going to be living there all summer. Do you know anyone else? Are you friendly with anyone else at camp yet? Or No. No, I went up there not really knowing anybody and it was a very hard start to a marriage because um, we had gotten married in June and then um, a week later we went up to camp. Wow. (laughs) And Denny was busy all day and all night. Right. And I didn't have any role at camp. So it was a very long day and night for me. So it was a tough beginning. Yeah. What do you do to pass the time? I mean, if you're not working at all. My main um, routine was sitting out in the sun. Okay. Burning my skin. (laughs) Working on a nice tan. And reading a lot. I read more books 
during the summer, and um, I was becoming friendly with Reva, but Reva was very busy in the office, mm -hmm. and then sometimes Ellen um, Weinberg would come up, and so I had, that was when I had a little company, but other than that, it was a pretty lonely start. Sure, and there's only, at that time, there's only four or five women total at camp, right? right? There was Reva and Pearl and Molly and um, and me hmm. and the nurse. When, I think there was only one nurse at that time. Gotcha. So that's a tough click. And, and Pearl and Molly were tight and they kind of had their, their thing and right. tough to sort of be the new girl on the block and jump right into that. It was very hard. Sure. Um, how, long, how long does it take you before you do, like, get a little more comfortable at camp? It took maybe a couple of years. So it was a, you know, it made for a rocky marriage during the summer, especially mm -hmm. because I didn't have really a normal relationship with sure. my husband because he was always so busy. Um, Reva was always so friendly and kind. And Pearl, who I loved, was always um, so nice to me. However, um, I had nothing to do. You know, they had their job right. in the office. And my role was not a role. It just didn't exist. Gotcha. And so that kind of that kind of goes up until the summer that you're pregnant with Rachel, or until you, you leave to have Rachel. Right. For her that to be born. My <laughs> life changed when I had um, Rachel and then David because I had... A reason, you know. I mean, I had something to do. Right now, you have a full time job yeah. with those and guys. Then, yeah. Um, Ellen would come up at times with her kids, and then Reva and Mickey's kids. So, when Rachel was of age, you know, there was a lot going on. You know, that we always we were always down at the beach, and it just gave me more um, of a way to keep busy, and um, it was a start of me feeling uh, like I had something to do. Yeah, absolutely. After that, you guys, and you're there start to finish. You're there opening camp. You're there staying all the way through post-camp every summer, right. more or less. We, we didn't always stay post-camp. Um, Denny had to be back at a certain time. Oh, of so course. we ended up um, going like on a little trip after camp, uh, usually. So we didn't stay for at post-camp for many years. And at that point, Rachel's the only little kid at camp, like sort of early on, or are there already, are the other girls? Well, Margie, um, when Ellen would come up, Margie would would be there. And then uh, Reva had Barry and Billy. Sure. And Karen was, Karen was the oldest. So it gave, um, when Rachel was of age, it gave Rachel, you know, someone to play with. Yeah. And then two years later, David came. So... It's then it really was kind of neat because then it was like um, they a lot of little children around and sure. it, it was fun. So um, well, I was just wondering, sort of early on when she's running around, maybe two or three, how, how do the campers react to her being there? Like, uh, do they like it? Or are they like, ugh, the kid? They, they really didn't pay much attention to the little kids. They really mm. think they all the campers did their thing and. Um, you know, maybe once in a while, especially to the boys, I think the campers may have paid, you know, a little. Mm. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I've uh, in my time there, obviously, I've seen Arya and Noah go through that age. And certainly when they were, once they got old enough to kind of run around their own, like, they were welcomed wherever. The kids were like, oh, my God, it's so fun. Noah's here, whatever. Arya's here. Wild, yeah, because, they, you know, for a while they were just like those little things over there. <laughs> so, um, but it was, um, it was that that period of time was always fun. Yeah. You know, watching all the kids. Now, early on, um, you were talking about how tough it was because Denny is working constantly, right. and, and that is not hard to imagine. Um, but do you get a chance to, like, go to town once in a while and have dinner or something? Or is there anything like that? Or No. No. That's... Denny, <laughs> Denny very, very seldom ever left camp. Sure. Um, I would maybe once in a while go to camp just to walk around the town. Mm. But we never, we never went out. It was just basically being at camp. Gotcha. Like, but there are places up there now where people like when they come up as couples or even at couples that live there, they have places they like to go that are like. Well, I don't know if there were places marriage, back then. We really didn't have, um, you know, a lot of money to go out very much. So we just basically stayed at camp. Which is fine. So then we get into, well, I guess let's slide over and we'll let Rachel introduce herself and we'll, we'll get started with that. And then we'll get into the, uh, the shared experiences. First and foremost, please state your name and years at camp. Rachel Rosen. I started in 1968. Lost off, Rachel Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Concerning my brother still calls me Rachel Rosen. <laughs> Um, so 1968, I was there, let's see, until the past summer, I was there every summer except for, I went to Camp Bagwalk for seven years, two summers I went to Israel on a teen tour, and I think that after I got married to Joel, I think there were maybe, maybe two summers when I was working full time, we didn't make it. Okay. So a total of probably about 37 years, maybe. Okay. Around there. What are your earliest memories of being at camp? I think my earliest memories are running around with the Weinberg girls and the Schwartz kids. And we just, it was like a little day camp for us because we had each other. We spent a lot of time at the beach and we just... We just ran around. I just remember running around, going on the jungle gym all the time, the beach, just hanging out with them. Nice. Like, like I said, like a little, we had each other. So yeah. we weren't bored because we had each other. And did you guys have like a babysitter or was it just you guys were all together so you all kind of just took care of each other? We like, always had a summer girl, mm. as she was called back then. Um, I don't know if I lo- who doesn't love to have a summer girl? Right. <laughs> I don't know if, if it was a shared summer girl, mm. if like we, there's just one for all of us, but we definitely had a summer girl. <laughs> I, I don't remember them sure. names, but so yeah, we definitely had someone sort of, you know, watching us. Right. I mean, I can imagine that with that crew, you know, especially the boys could be a handful for one person to try to, I'm sure. You know. we, I'm sure we were a little bit of a handful. I think <laughs> we, I think we were probably good because we had each other. So we all you know, played together. Sure. But I'm sure it was not easy keeping you know, track of all of us. How old are you when you realize, like, does there come a time where you realize, oh, I'm I'm a girl at an all boys camp, like, and my dad is like the boss, one of the bosses, kind of a thing? Like, does that kick in at some point? 
I think it probably kicked in more when I was maybe a teenager. Because mm. when I was little, I had all the, the Weinberg girls were there. Right. So there were there actually were kind of a lot of girls, exactly. relatively. So yeah. there were. So I don't think I really noticed or cared. I think when I became more of a you know teenager is when I really felt like, wow, I'm not one of the only females here. Right. You know, there were some nurses and some of the kitchen staff, but I was really it. Sure. And my mom. And, so I, I would say as a teenager. Gotcha. And how old uh, how old are you when you start to go to camp? So I was, I think I was about seven, seven, maybe seven. And I'll never forget because I was supposed to go with Margie from hmm. Weinberg. And, and, and back then there were no, there was not a four-week option. It was just eight weeks. Right. So I remember going and being sort of clueless at seven years of age, and Margie was supposed to come with me, and then she backed out. Oh. So, oh, yeah. I still remind her about And that. is Mar- Margie, without getting too personal, Margie, I love you. Are you, she older? So no, she, exactly. Okay, so you were just going to be, I thought, I see. I thought maybe you were saying she was going to show you the ropes because she'd been there, no. but no, she just hadn't been there at all, and she backed out. She backed out, so I went by myself, not you didn't know having it, a friend. None. I knew the older Weinberg girls and Karen. Mm. And, you know, I basically just followed their footsteps. There was no other camp because they all went to Agawak, so I just followed their footsteps. Sure. And I just went. I didn't know anybody my age, and I just, it, I didn't know any better. So it, yeah. was, it worked out. It was great. I was there a camper for six years. I was a counselor for one year, and I really couldn't stand it. The girls were so mm. into each other. I, I, I did not enjoy it. Interesting. So those were my days at Agawak. Nice. But I did love being a camper. But camp, camper-wise, it was it was great. Uh, and those years when you were at camp, did you still do a little Ojibwe time? Like, did you come after camp and spend a couple of days, or before camp, before you went, did you come up? Before, yeah, before camp, I was there. Like the family had come up to I start family, camp, so yeah. you were there, and then yeah. you went over. Right, my brother and um, yeah, we were there probably a little bit before, and then a little bit after. But we did take a lot of family trips after camp hmm. we did some driving trips I had to mention my brother that we that's he was also obviously my playmate when we were <laughs> <laughs> well you yeah. know listen <laughs> he talked first so now anything bad you want to say about him he's not going to be able to okay. have a rebuttal so yeah. feel free to take shots <laughs> so then once you you go in your camper and then you're a CIT or your counselor at some point and then at that point you don't like it so are you just back at Ojibwa just hanging out, hanging out. No, uh, no. I started working. I would say because I was already, if you know, probably 17, 18 mm. years old. So I would. I started working right away. I first started working at the waterfront. Okay. Which is a little scary because I'm not even a good swimmer. <laughs> at all. So I did start working at the waterfront, mm. and then I changed over. I probably did that for a year or two, and then I switched over to doing the program. I was gotcha. program directors for a long time. And then I would say when my mom and dad became the directors, I started working more in the office. When you came back and you were at the waterfront, now was, because Karen did that too as, as well, right? She came and worked right. at the waterfront. Was she still there when you were, or was it, again, you were kind of solo by that point? You know, I honestly, am, I'm not sure. I don't mm. remember. I think she was still there for a little bit, and she, I think she also did a lot with water skiing. Right. So she was a really good water skier. So I think we were there for a little bit. But then you go to program and then to the and office. Program. And I did the program for a long time. 
you well, you were still sort of doing the program when I started, or at least actively being okay. in the room. <laughs> right. I, I did it for a long time. I did it with my brother for a long time. I did it with Adam Bohm for a long time. I did it. It was a it was a lot of years of the program. And in those days, there were no computers. So right. We, so everything's handwritten. Right. Written by hand. And even though, to be fair, Denny had had built a lot of uh, frameworks to work off of, and, and we still use those to these days, um, it's still you had to write it all out and then go out and announce it all, because we didn't we didn't print it all out every activity period because there was no yeah. you know computers and posting. Yeah, when people are like, we didn't do as many activities. I'm like, yeah, because you spent an hour a day getting told what to, where to go in the middle of a lineup. It must have been crazy. Um, so those years prior, so from that point on for both, and, and we'll just sort of all join in. So the women of Ojibwa, two of them prominent here together now. Um, so we're going to talk about just your experiences together. And so the period of time between sort of where we were just talking about up until the transition, give me a little idea of what that's like. You are employees of the camp. You're not camp directors. Um, What's it like sort of being there? How's the relationship with the with management of camp? Um, what is that like? Well, for me, it, it became slow that I would have something to do because I would always check in the office and ask Pearl and Reva, can I help out with something? And Pearl would usually like to just do the office just the way that she always did. So I didn't have very much to do, but I still at times would check in. So until um, we, I became a secretary at camp, it was still tough having something to do. But then once I did become a secretary, um, it just gave me more to do and gave me some meaning mm. at camp. And I started the, the summer after I was a counselor at Aguar, that summer I started working. So I was pretty much, you know, working from there on out. And I, it was, I loved working for the Schwartzes. Always, you know, I loved Pearl and Riva and Mickey Nell. And, um, Where did you guys live? We lived, um, we lived behind the counselor's lodge. Right, for behind the counselor's lodge for a long years, time. I think. Not like the room where Stu is now, right. that room. 25 right. years. Right. a long time. In fact, when we first, I had, we had children, the Schwartzes built on that little addition on the, that there right. would be a place for Rachel and uh, David. So, but we did spend many a years back there. there. <laughs> many years that we saw you know, the, the little bats on the ceiling. <laughs> the, um, a lot of critters. Mm. A lot of critters that, that we enjoyed seeing running around the ceilings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, now, throughout that time, I assume Denny stays as busy, if not busier, as time goes on. He was. He okay. stayed always busy. But as I became, had more to do, um, you know, life changed. 1985, I believe, um, we, with a group of uh, investors, had bought camp. So then things, of course, changed dramatically. Sure. Sure. So leading up to that, when you are still being trouble, probably, is my guess. So now you work at camp, you're a girl, and you've realized you're one of few girls at camp. Um, Sandy is implying that she, you know, they didn't get into trouble. She didn't go out. She didn't raise any hell, as the kids would say. Um, what about you? Tell me about uh, what was going on with you. I mean, you're at a camp full of boys. Yes. You're a girl. Yes. Raging hormones. 
Yes. Your dad and mom are both there, which is tough, but at yeah, the same brother. time. And your brother, and like who I'm sure was like, do not. Yeah, I'm sure that was rough. Well, we went, I would say that we went out a lot when I was, you know, the age. And back then it was. Where did you go when you went out back we then? We went to the Village Tavern. Okay. That was our place. And that's the BBT's, the right. Copper Kettle across from the movie theater. That was our place. That's where we would always go. I don't think we went to any other place. Nice. And I would go with. I think I be, well, I was, became very close with Dana Marshall, who was one of the nurses at the time. Mm. So when she was there, we were always, that's who I was always with. Sure. But other than that, I think I went out with maybe my brother or some of, there were some, you know, counselors that I was definitely friendly with. Um, Scott Marvis was a good friend of mine. And um, we went, we just went to Village Tavern and we just all had a good time. And um, like I said, having... David is my brother. He didn't hear <laughs> anyone dancing with me sure. or really talking to me. So <laughs> he's very, very protective. Now, what about guys from other camps? Was that okay or was I that even I, worse? I didn't even Oh, that I would, had no Not even. No. Nice. I think that would have been. <laughs> my, it just wouldn't have worked. Right. Not at all. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's where we went. We loved it. We had a great time. There was like a DJ and we danced. It was a lot of fun. When I talked to David, there were several times, all of his career basically, um, where he might have been trying to get away with a little something here and there, and sometimes did, and sometimes got the, you know, the smack and whatever. Yeah. Were there times when you were uh, trying to get away with a little something here and there, and then fearing for your life? Right. I, would, <laughs> I I would have to say I was a pretty pretty good girl, didn't get in a lot of trouble. There was, however, the one time when it was when I turned 18 and it was legal to, tr- to drink in Wisconsin, we were at Village Tavern and I definitely had too many um, Bloody Marys that night. Oh, yeah, that's, rough. <laughs> that's a rough drunk. Yeah. And I'll never forget the next day. I did a lot of, also, I did a lot of timing and scoring of basketball games. Mm. I was known as one of the best. <laughs> and um, I'll never forget, I, because I had too many Bloody Marys, I had to, while I was in the middle of timing and scoring a basketball game, I had to run into the woods to throw out. And as I'm, you know, doing that, I see my brother and dad just laughing. They couldn't have been any happier to see that taking place. That would be the one time that I really remember. Nice. I'd like to add to this that David always said that Rachel was the angel. Mm. And she never got into trouble. That it was only he that got it. I think it was also a lot of just him getting caught. Mm. <laughs> he was just bad at it. Like he. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. I see. I do seem to recall a story. Who told me something about you and maybe one of the girls and having maybe Ponch and Barry in a cabin or something, and then they had to hide in the rafters? Does any of this sound familiar? Sure. The one story I know about Barry for sure was there was one summer when we were little that Reva and my mom could not find myself or Barry at all, looking all around camp, and they did find us. In Mickey and Reva's house, we were in the bathtub together. Sure. Taking a bath together. Why Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> very close friends. I don't think we thought anything of it. Sure. And that's where we were. We were really smart. Right. That's where we were. And you were not like 12. You were like... No, we were little. I mean, if the whole the whole thing is really scary. There's all the... <laughs> going to take a bath together. Sure. And but that's... <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about Alan Pearl. Tell me a little bit about those two from your perspective. My perspective, because Pearl really became a big part of my camp experience. 
because um, she would always uh, talk to me or um, <clears throat> encourage me to take up knitting, to encourage me to come into um, the counselor's lodge uh, at night, especially with Riva, that that was part of our did you play uh, play bridge or any? Was that part of it? Well, the... We didn't play, but just so that we could be, um, she could have the company, mm. and uh, she didn't like if we didn't come in. And I, we, uh, you know, there'd be some card playing, but um, but she was always terrific. Um, some people say she was tough, and yeah, she was tough, but she was always wonderful to me. Um, at first. She didn't give me too much to do, but um, she was always there for me, and um, she was a very positive person in my life because I did spend many years there. So I attributed a lot of um, my um, getting used to camp was because of Pearl. Hmm. Um, Al, on the other hand, I, I'm not sure he remembered my name. <laughs> um, I think he knew, you know, that I belonged to Denny, but not really, I'm not sure he knew Sure. He wasn't known for being tremendously right, great with names. He, he was always just such a um, strong person. Denny looked up to him greatly. I mean, he was just a, um, they were a great couple. Hmm. Um. I would say the same about Pearl. She was, I just had tremendous respect for her. She was, I, she definitely, I would say, was a tough cookie, but in, not in a negative way. I mean, it, at the meals, she would have very strict rules about you know, opening and closing the milk or passing the food, but it was, it was just, you know, it never bothered me. It's just how she was. Sure. I wonder she was, I had a lot of respect for her, and... The same with Al. You know, I didn't know, I didn't really work for them for that long because I was right. at Aguac and, but, um, and Al always, I always thought he was just a happy guy and I thought he was great. Going into the transition, how, how long do you know that's kind of coming? Like how far in advance do you guys have an idea that that's going to happen? Does... It really wasn't that long of a thing because it was when, uh, Al and Mickey started talking that they were thinking of not continuing on with camp. So it really was just that sum one summer mm. that they started talking about it. So so by the next summer, it was already a done deal. Right. Well, it's 85, I believe we just, everything went into action. And then I think it was 86 that um, it was the new, uh, new Ojibwa. But... Um, so I actually always look up to my husband for what he accomplished in a very short time mm. that he was able to raise a certain amount of money, um, whereas people never thought they could, so that this group could purchase Ojibwa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly it would not be the camp that it is today had someone else so ended up with it, of course. People that decided to uh, help Denny, and, um, you know, they're still a great part of camp today. Yeah. Once that happens, tell me how life changes for you guys at camp. Like, 
how, I mean, I'm sure it's drastically different. It was different. I mean, I was very busy in the office again, <laughs> but I was lucky to have also Rachel helping. Um, and then we had, I think, the camp secretary. Did we we camp did. Sec secretary for a while. But things changed, and of course, at that time, we didn't have the computers. Right. right. So everything was done Definitely. by hand. Right. So, I mean, I give Reva a lot of credit because, boy, she used to do a lot of posting, and everything was by hand. Oof. And when we started having the computers, I mean, it just made life so much easier because especially starting to make lists, and just it was a whole different uh, kind of arrangement. Hmm. Yeah, and at that time, I was still, you know, relatively young. So I just feel like I just went with the flow. We were considered the new directors. But to me, I felt like I was just sort of doing... It was sort of like a little transition to working more in the office than doing the program. Sure. And then I think at some point as I was getting older, it was more about just the responsibility of, you know, right. quote, being a director. Rather than because the work to me, I was always sort of you know working. Right. So it was more of just like having that title and the responsibility that went along with it. Now, also too, I mean, you're doing the program, but do you find that you get more connected to the campers and sort of to the whole camp in general because now you're sort of interacting with them more often and yeah, I mean, I pre even recruiting and everything, you're starting to sort of talk to them off season more and especially at the beginning, I would do a lot of recruiting with Denny. Mm. We would go on a lot of camp calls with him. And um, if we went to camp fairs, I would be, you know, a part of this. And um, so we were very busy, especially at the beginning, trying to uh, get more campers. And um, But it was, it was something done out of love because it really wasn't like an ordinary job that we were really excited about and we wanted to see it grow so it was really an exciting time yeah i mean it's clear it needed a lot of passion and it and it paid off i mean within five years you guys double the numbers and start growing and yeah, it is it's just so know. interesting because um the my start to camp how it was on such a different level hmm. and then how something can get into your blood and into your heart and it just grew and grew and uh, developing the friendships of people that were involved in camp so it really became uh, my life yeah and it's been a wonderful part yeah and so not too long after the transition a young man comes on as a counselor uh, do you, uh, who you know very well now, but do you guys, uh, how long does it take before there are sparks? Are there any sparks early on or are you busy no. doing your own thing and he's doing his not, own thing? And Not early on. It was 1987, Joel Losa, husband. Um, he was a counselor. He had never been to, to overnight camp. He went because he had some friends who were going and they said, you know, why don't you come? And he came and he loved it. He was phenomenal. Just loved it, loved the kids. So we met that summer, we became friends, but he had a girlfriend at the mm. time, a serious girlfriend. I think they'd been dating about four years. Oof. So they had been dating. Sure. And so we were just friends. It was fine. And then... And you're still, you know, you, camp is your oyster it's still yes. at this point. So you're like, okay, it's fine, so whatever. Friends. Yeah, totally. Um, and so that, so that was that. And then I became very good friends with his sister, mm. Michelle. And she also worked at the office at that time, or around that time. She right. was working at camp. 
and we became very close friends. And so it was, you know, like a couple of years later that Joel wasn't dating the girl anymore, and she wanted to fix us up, and we were both like, ah, you know, we were friends. So it was like, you know, sure. to fix up two people who were friends. So at first we were both like, okay, and then so then we went out, and, you know, it, it so it wasn't Sparks right at the beginning because he was, you know, dating somebody. But so then we started dating, and... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got married, uh, you know, a few years after that. I see. So Lady Lodi is to blame. Absolutely. She was the one who made Absolutely. it all. That's... She, is, she is the one. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so then you come back and now how does that change your camp life? Now, so you're married life at camp. Do you guys automatically, you don't move right into where you live now once you were married, right? Or do you? I don't know. No, we lived where... Where I grew up. Okay, so you guys are still in the back. Gotcha. We're still in the council's lodge. Right, and you guys are and you guys are in the chief's den, in Denny's office now. That was still your bedroom until the house, right? It was actually Ellen's quarters for when they used to come up. Ellen and Ozzy. Gotcha. So how does uh, how does married life change your role at camp? How how does it change camp? I mean, it's got to be pretty different. Yeah, it was definitely different. It was, um, you know, we both were working, both very busy, mm-hmm. but, you know, Joel loved camp. He went, he was in healthcare administration and then went back to school to become a teacher. And then he, that's how he was able to have his summers off. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it was great. It was like, you know, two people, you know, working full time. So yeah. especially he was definitely busy at night, whereas at night I was not as busy. Sure. And then, uh, and then when we, then in 2001 is when we had Ari. Right. My first summer is 2000, okay. and I knew you were pregnant. Right. Sort of at the end of the summer, you, people knew you were pregnant. Right. So Ari was on his way. It was hard Very exciting. to know <laughs> my dad, if I even, like, was running or lifting, he'd be screaming over the microphone, <laughs> stop. You know, put that down. Or he, he, yeah. so. <laughs> Precious cargo. Precious yeah, cargo. Exactly. You gotta <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. And so then Ari and then eventually Noah. Right. And Ari was born in 01. And he, so then the summers when we had Ari and then Noah was born in 2004. Every summer, because we were still working, we had a variety of nannies. We sure. Had a lot of nannies. Yeah. Some, good, some, <laughs> some not so not good. So good. Someone might say naughty. Some very, very <laughs> naughty. So. Yes. Personally, I will say that I loved um, that time. When I was first at camp, I didn't have a lot to do during the day. I was I was fishing in a few games here and there. I wasn't doing the video yet. I was doing a lot of my stuff at night, whether it was late evening activities or the play or whatever. So I had a lot of early periods during the day off. So I would go find Ari or Noah and just like hang out and then like hang out with those guys. And that was awesome. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, okay. I like little kids, so I'm hanging out with little kids, and it's a nice break from the day. So I loved that time, even if the whatever nanny was there was a little dicey. But <laughs> like, you can you can go away. I got the boys. You can right, go take a break. Right, I got this. Right. <laughs> so I love that time. And so then that that sort of sets the table for where we are now. So camp hasn't changed that much in that period of time. And so that's that's the story chronologically. Let's talk about camp just in general. You guys obviously both love camp. What's great about camp? Why do you love it so much? What? Well, I love a lot of things about camp. Um, one thing 
I love is nature. I'm very much into the outdoors, like uh, gardening. I mean, I'm not a um, like a swimmer, <laughs> but sure. I do. I've always liked um, gardening, and I just appreciate um, the beauty of camp. And um, I especially love the people mm. and the friendships that have been made throughout the years. Um, to me, that's what camp is all about. I mean, I never was a camper, but I would think that the campers, that's what they feel the most is that the friends that they've made. And um, I know I've heard the other podcast that the, they're still friends today. You know, that sure. they're camp friends. Well, I, Reva, we're still, you know, we're still friends, and um, it just has been. Um, I've had so many different experiences with uh, the people that have come to camp and then have not come back for years, but it's just been a wonderful uh, life. I've gotten to raise uh, to raise my children there, and for me to be able to have. Um, my friends come. Unfortunately, I don't, Reba didn't get that um, added, um, just added on to her experience with camp. Mm -hmm. I always got to, Denny and I were allowed to have our friends come. As we took over the ownership, we hit, um, uh, my dear friend Fern would come up and just get to uh, enjoy herself. That was the probably so meaningful to me was being able to share camp mm -hmm. with my dear friends. Just being outside, walking around, and getting to see the kids in their uh, activities. Um, that's been one of my biggest pleasures. Yeah, and and you know you talked about with um, the relationships and how the other kid you know kids talked and they had relationships, but I think that it's fair to say that while your personal relationship with individual campers may not be that close, specifically that across the board because of who you are at camp. Every camper who's been through has a relationship with you, has, you know, sees you in a certain light, has a certain respect for you and a love for you because of that. I mean, not to get too personal, but there was a certain situation in, in the not too distant past where you couldn't come back to camp. You had to take a little time off and just, Every person you talk to, the first question and the, and the first legitimate concern, not like, a, oh, this is small talk we say, but was like, what's going on? How is she? What's, you know, the outpouring of love. And that comes from that. I mean, that all starts at camp. That all starts with those relationships. And you're caring about them when they were 10 years old. It was an amazing time for me because I, I could not believe the outpouring from so many camp people that... Um, came to me or asked about me, it really was a support for me at a very difficult time. Yeah. And I appreciate that to this day. I can't express my appreciation for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, it just speaks to the impact you had on their lives. I mean, that's, you know, that's part of it you know, for I, sure. I was a part of Ojibwa and people who become part of Ojibwa have a special bond and, um, I think we're all very lucky people that we've been able to, especially I, I appreciate that I was able to be involved with Camp Ojibwa. Yeah. It's been a very special way. It doesn't matter if 
Denny and I had lots and lots of money or anything. We we were lucky to have Camp Ojibwa. What about you, Rach? What's the what are the things about camp that you love? Um, besides the physical beauty of it, I mean, just being able to go somewhere every summer that was so beautiful on the lake with the nature. I mean, the sky is just at night; it's so clear, just unbelievable. Here. You know, the animals on the water and just the chirping. And besides that, which is amazing, it's the people. I mean, it's the, the friendships that I made. Even though I was one of the only females, I still the friendships that I made with, you know, so many people. They, are, they become your family. They absolutely become your family. So that part of it, being able to have my, you know, kids up there and be able to spend their summers and love camp. I mean, especially Ari. I mean, Noah's still a little bit young, but Ari, the the love that he has for camp is just unbelievable. I mean, to this day, he counts down, you know, how many <laughs> and, his, and his closest friends, he would tell you, would be his camp friends, and a lot of his school friends end, end up going to camp, even at older ages, because of the passion and love that, you know, Ari has. But I would say the people and, and just the campers being able to, I feel like, you know, as I've gotten older, hopefully feeling like I'm sort of their camp mom in the summer, if they want to talk or they're feeling a little sad just to be there for them and feeling like I hope that there's been some that I feel like that I've helped you know because I, I truly as I've gotten older have enjoyed that role you know yeah. being you know for the campers and but honestly it's it's the friendships that you make the bonds they're, they're just you, there's nothing like them like I said they, they become your family so I would say that just the, the people and just everything, it's one of part, the main reason why I've loved Camp Ojibwa for all these years. Thanks. You really touched on something there. I think that um, I've done a few of these where I've talked specifically to some of the women who have spent long time, stretches of time at camp. And the one thing that comes up over and over is the that sort of natural caregiver instinct that it's not that the guys, you know, we're guys, whatever, it's guy stuff, but... but all of the women who have spent long periods of time there do have that thing you're talking about, like being the camp mom, being the caregiver, being the one who sort of looks out for the boys and in a, in a very specifically motherly kind of way. And that's awesome. I mean, it's really, I think it's super important to have that touch at camp, especially a camp that's an all boys camp. That's, you know, that it's important to have just a little bit of that just to make sure that all the testosterone is somehow balanced out. (laughs) For sure. And you know, there were times it wasn't always easy, you know, being the only female, especially as I was younger. Yeah, there were definitely times when it would be lonely. Sure. You know, to yeah. not have, you know, your, your pal, when obviously when there's, you know, hundreds of boys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at times it was hard, but like I said, you know, just the friendships. As I got older, especially the friendships that I made. Right. Just amazing. And I also would say that, I mean, when you talk about family, I can't say enough that you you and your family have taken me in as basically a son and a brother and treated me like that from day one, and it has meant the world to me, and that's part of what my love for camp is, is the way that that was just part of it. Like, no, come on, let's go. Your family, let's right. just, that's it. That's how it goes, and that's incredible. And I, prior to my camp experience, I had never felt something like that, something so open and inviting and like, no, this is just what we do. Let's go. So thank you for that personally. Um, well, 
Um, well, to break up the heaviness a little bit, let's talk about when you were a little girl and there's dipper shower. How does that work? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, I know. Because it goes into like the 90s, right? Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're older than a teen. Well, I think I was at, well, I think I was oh. at Okay, but you come back, right? And they're probably I still think dipping I was and showering. Indoors. I, oh, I see. I don't think I ever went down to see. I see. I, I don't. No, I don't. Because the other girls had told me that there was a, you know, they would get sequestered. They'd get locked up in the counselor's lodge during the dipper shower process, which makes sense, certainly. But I could also imagine a mischievous young lady. And, you know, 200 naked boys on the beach, maybe they just want to sneak a little peek. They're just curious about life, you know? I don't really remember ever going to take a little pee. Hmm. Not that I can remember. I don't know. I probably was there during the Well, sure, sure. I don't, I don't even, I guess I just didn't want to take a part, you know, being, you know, even, right. even to this day when whoever are the generals for the Trojans and Spartans and they need to jump off, I mean, right. part of the right. jobs, they jump off naked. I that's still right. don't <laughs> care too long. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> tell me some stories. Tell me, tell me, you know, tell me a great story. I two stories um, always stick out in my mind, and one is with George Kerman. George, this was way back. Um, one of the arts and crafts directors had a cat, hmm. and her name was Suli. So um, George and I would go into the um, program office, and we'd go in the closet. And we start yelling out, Suli, oh Suli, because Suli lived in um, Elwood Elliott's office, mm. that other one. And we just laughed and laughed <laughs> because then the cat would start meowing and we kept calling Suli. <laughs> and we just, it, I, I just, that always stands out. Um, George, and I see George will kind of um, mention the cat. It, episode it was it was was very fun and one other thing um dave share when he was at the waterfront had <laughs> this bird. and i mean i i love animals mm-hmm. but i would always come down to see this bird but this bird had the dirtiest mouth <laughs> and i'm not going to say what the bird it's like had. a parrot or something right yeah, like it's it was parrot. a gray. it was a as, um, one of the talking birds. Right. Yeah, oh. it, it talked, and he really talked clearly. <laughs> and because of what Dave taught him. Mm. Yeah, or he heard Dave talking, right. saying it all the time. And one time I walked out, and that bird started swearing at me and <laughs> repeating what Dave said. And, oh, my God, I never could I believe what this bird could, talk, what could say, and it was all because of Dave. <laughs> 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 I, our friend... But that was two funny uh, episodes. That's hilarious. Well, it's interesting. Uh, both those stories, you talk about pets. And so, and you guys also had a dog at camp for some period of time, right? Jamie, I, we, Denny and I had this wonderful dog, Jamie. And um, we had her for 10 years, and she was a part of camp. Mm. And uh, she didn't like the water. Mm. And a funny story was once that um, Denny, who never went in the water, um, went in the water and was almost acting like he was drowning. So Jamie ran into the water and tried to save Denny. Wow. And then um, 
she realized Danny was okay, so then she got scared that she was in the water. It was almost like we had to save her to get her out of the water, but um, she was a wonderful dog. But, uh, that wow. We couldn't have dogs, animals, because of Rachel, so we had a... I wondered because I, I a couple of people mentioned Jamie, and then I was like, oh, so pets have been a right, of course. They could, you know, they could bite one of our campers, whatever. Certainly. But I will add that we did have a petting zoo for a few years, and I don't know why I get, I seem to get in charge of it. <laughs> and if the roosters and the chickens, they would get wake the kids up in cabin one uh, in the morning real early. And they started disliking their petting zoo so much that we had to get rid of it. Um, Rach, a couple of good stories. Well, the, the funny, I mean, the one with Barry Schwartz in the uh, bathtub was one of the classes. But another one about Barry is I'll never forget when I was little, this was when I was still at camp, I was not a camper age to go to Agawak yet. I was very skinny, little girl. I was, you know, not, Nothing has changed. Not very, <laughs> not so much, but I was not very beefy. Anyhow, at the time, I remember we there's a bar at the waterfront, and there were there was like a chin ups contest, hmm. and I with Barry Schwartz, we beat everybody in the whole camp. I was one of the camp winners <laughs> of the chin-ups. the chin ups. Right. As skinny as I was, I think it was <laughs> quite a shock to you know most people. So I, that I will never I forget. It was Billy, though. Because Billy. I think it was Barry. Oh, okay. I think it was. I think it was, I I think it was Barry. Was good in it too. Um, I'll never forget. Also, when we were younger, and the Schwartzes, and when we were kids, and my brother, one of the first things we always had to do when we got to camp, at the very beginning, this was before anybody was there. Okay. We used to have to go over to Katie's house to say hello. Katie was. The cook. the cook, right? And so we used to always have to go and say hello to her. And it was, she was a lovely person, I'm sure. I don't really, you know, remember her personally. But it was one of the things we had to do every year. And we didn't really want to do it because she was an older woman and she had hair. Like, like a beard. Like, so. <laughs> we would do this and it was something mm-hmm. we had to do. Every, sure. And her house is a little creepy anyway. The house is a little creepy, creepy, and she has a beard. And she has a hair. And I'll never forget, we used to also have some, I don't know who they were. They were drivers. The pig ladies. Who who were they exactly? But we also had these pig pig ladies that also had, like, well, they were called the pig ladies. They came in the truck. They came to pick up the trash. (laughs) Oh, right. Wait, wait. For their pigs. Okay. Oh, okay. I was like, do they call themselves the pig Uh, ladies? Because that seems a little. I see. They take the the food garbage and take it back. As the pig lady. Very nice. And they also hmm. had facial hair. I see. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's in the water. Um, but I will also never forget the time where one summer again, when I was a little girl, and I was riding my bike down the hill, and it was sort of a you know bumpy and sort of steep, and I fell off my bike flat on my face. And I'll never forget Jimmy Warren, who was one of the waterfront directors, picked me up and carried me in. You know, it was a bloody mess. And my parents took me to the hospital, mm-hmm. and I was, uh, you know, I had broken nose, and they 
they thought my parents like had abused me. And I'll never forget Jimmy Warren, like the honestly the concern and he like scooped me up and sure. know, ran me and yeah. But again, it's just the goes to show you just the you know, the love that people have but yet you know there's so many stories i just can't even remember them all of course those are just a couple that off the top of my head um sandy how do you respond when people say that sandy calls the shots well it's almost silly in a way because i certainly don't call the shots um (laughs) i i may give my opinion or whatever Mm. but um i think it's sort of cute that i get recognized in some little way but it's not it's some big way. I mean, I think they're saying I, you call the I shots. Know, I'm, um, I, I can't imagine me doing that, but I just, I, I just found it cute. Hmm. And um, what is the appropriate amount of candy for a camper to take from the candy jar on one visit to the office? It's, it's supposed to be one candy per person, but we had... Those people, those campers that came in <laughs> would sit at the office and stare at us until we looked the other way so that they could take a handful <laughs> of candy yes. and leave. And uh, just um, on a daily basis. Mm. So candy was... It's a tough. It's a tough thing, right? Because if it's a crappy candy that you can't get rid of, you're like, sure, just, you right. just look away. Go ahead, take all you want. I I know. I've I've had some times when I've been in charge of the camp candy purchasing, and I've made some personal choices that not everyone agreed with. That's certainly true. And I think you've even gotten some candies with nuts before. I also yes, I have failed. Um, every once in a while, I just completely forget everything I'm doing. Like the time I got a horror movie for for movie night. Uh, <laughs> Oops. That's camp. Right. But, you know, these things, they definitely happen. What did I miss? Did we forget anything? No, just that we're lucky to have been a part of something so special. Hmm. And um, the people that we have met and still friends with and just watching um, little campers grow up to be big people and for them to have children, and it's just been amazing. You know, I just never thought that I would have something that would have so much meaning in my life other than my family. And um, so I've been very lucky to be able to raise my children there um, and then to see my grandchildren there. Mm. And um, it's just been a great experience and... I'm only thankful that it's been in my life, but I have my husband to thank for it because he brought me into it. Yeah. It started on a rocky beginning, <laughs> but it grew to be something very special. And uh, it's amazing that somehow you have managed to have six grand children, yeah. and they are all boys. I would have been very happy if one little girl could have been there. Somehow they've all been able to join you. Um, let me ask you this question. Uh, oftentimes toward the end of the interview, I like to ask people how camp has affected their life. Like what, how has their life been different because of camp? And certainly I think we've maybe covered that subject, but let me ask you this. How do you think your relationship with one another has been different because of camp? Well, I can only say for myself that I've been very lucky 
that um, I've been able to share um, camp with both my children, but with Rachel, we were, um, I feel fortunate enough that we were able to work together for so long and that we still work together and that we were able to get along and love doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's been a very nice thing. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. I mean, we've, all these years we've worked together, get along so well. I mean, of course, you know, there's little things here and there, but for the most part, it's pretty amazing to be able to work with your mom all these years and it'd be amazing. It's very hard for me this summer when she wasn't there. Very hard. So, you know, you especially feel how unbelievable it is, you know, when they're not there. Right. So, and you know, not only during the summer we work together, but in the off season as well. So, and we just, we have a great working relationship, which is very lucky, very unique. Yeah, for sure. And that that all comes out of camp. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you coming out. It's been awesome. Okay, there we go. Another one in the books. Sandy and Rachel, they were so much fun, and I have to rat them out a little bit. They were so shy. Shy maybe isn't the right word, but a little nervous. Nervous is definitely the right word. They were definitely nervous. We ended up having a great time. I think it turned out awesome. I hope you guys really dug it. As always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you know how. Drop me an email, Christopher at CampoJibbaHistory.org. I'm going to be in Chicago probably two times between now and camp, pulling in some interviews. So don't be surprised if your phone rings or if you get an email, because if I haven't talked to you, I need to. Also, feel free to stop by the website, check out some new things going on over there. The Warriors from the 70s, 80s, and some of the 90s are going to be going up very, very soon. So keep an eye open for that. That is it here from beautiful Paris, Kentucky. There's no matzo to be found. But there's plenty of sunny weather. And you know what that means. I'm heading outside.